Welcome to the Crazy Might Work podcast, where we celebrate authors, entrepreneurs, innovators, inventors, and scientists who live at the very frontiers of human consciousness and possibility. We discuss their moments of breakthrough and analyze the strategies they use to enhance their own thinking and challenge conventional wisdom. Our guest today is a world-leading expert in leadership and building high-performance teams. He is here to tell us how we can be better leaders by mastering the ability to shift social context. He is the author of How NASA Builds Teams and former director of NASA's astrophysics division. He launched and then repaired the Hubble telescope, which has given humanity an eye on the universe that previous generations would never have dreamed possible. NASA awarded him a very unusual second Outstanding Leadership Medal, and he was awarded the Distinguished Service Medal, which is only awarded when the contribution is so extraordinary that other forms of recognition would be inadequate. He received Presidential Rank Awards from Ronald Reagan and from Bill Clinton for sustained superior accomplishment. Please join me in welcoming the person that has changed the course of NASA's culture more than any other, Charlie Pellerin. Thank you. Charlie, it's quite a revolutionary idea. <clears throat> if you look at um, management literature, so much of it posits uh, that the leader is the center of the universe and that that leadership character determines the, 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 the quality of the, of the organization, of the team. But I think what you're saying is, is the opposite, right? That, that context well, actually, trumps actually, character. Actually, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with that idea because as, as we measured – What's influencing the social context? The greatest influencer is the team leader. So there's no the team leader's behaviors promulgate through. So when I worked at NASA and we got an administrator who was a, a, a really decent fellow, everyone behaved civilly toward each other. When we got a different time person. The behaviors changed. You can look at the behaviors of uh, the U.S. changing under Donald Trump. Political people, it's so the that that part's still there, but the but the what's what's happening is they're changing the social context and 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 the force field that is most important is the resulting team team social context. So the team's behavioral norms are the strongest thing, but the biggest single influence of those is the team leader. And by the way, uh, it, it could be. A hierarchical leader, or in technical organization, it could be a, a technical leader. Um, so that that part's still there, but but how it works is the question. What is the mechanism? This is my physicist background coming in. I want to know the mechanism, and the mechanism is the force field that that's created, and we measure that by measuring the behaviors. So, in in that context, what do you think is the most important? function of a leader? Well, I, I, I think to behave in ways that are effective and useful. And and what that means is uh, meeting people's core needs, needs, these needs I mentioned, the need to feel appreciated, the need to feel included, the need for creativity, and the need for organization. So um, when, when I do work and as entrepreneurs in the audience, they ask me, how do I motivate my people? I say meet those four needs. That what will happen is that will start to change the social context. So, so these teams are organisms, and and every every person's behavior 
affects the social feel. So here's how it works. Let's say I work with a leader who understands the importance of authentic appreciation. And by the way, uh, there's nothing in academia to teach you this, trust me. Uh, I, <laughs> I never got that when I was a student from anybody. Maybe I wasn't a good enough student. Anyway, so, so uh, when that happens, you're more inclined to appreciate. And when you do it, someone else is more inclined to appreciate. This literally works the same as these natural feels. And so um, that, that's as, as far as their operational job, I think the most important thing is to hire people smarter than you and listen to them. But, but in terms of the leadership function itself, I think it's how you behave. And, and you cannot so, – so, so I'm always looking as a physicist for what's the first principle. The first principle is you cannot ignore people's needs. They must be met. They're called needs for a reason. They're not wants, they're needs. Yeah. And so, Charlie, you mentioned one of those around expressing uh, appreciation uh, for for the you know, positive attributes of, of team members. But what are some of the others, just to give us a flavor for the eight? I, I, I think the next biggest one is to feel included. And so uh, if you want to think about this, uh, think about a time when you weren't included. Uh, I think for mo the most common one is in, in high school when you're not in an in-group kind of a thing. But in the workplace, it's more subtle and even more important. People are excluded by not being invited to meetings they should be going to. They're not being included by – and by the way, uh, if the need for inclusion gets to exclusion, it generates rage, the so-called postal effect. People who don't – who feel excluded will act out the anger. So and so, th th those are two on the emotional side, and they're the most important. The next one is creativity, and I think the way that works, the way you do that, is to address unfortunate realities with mindset of 100% commitment. And 100% commitment is is merely a complete focus on the task involved. So when I did this, this thing I did with Hubble that saved the mission, people say it was lack of great courage. Not at all. It wasn't not like that at all. I had so much focus on the necessity to find a way to do that, that it drove everything else out of my mind. And with that focus, what you pay attention to changes what you see. A really simple example of this is um, friends of mine that, 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 um, get told by a doctor, if they don't change their diet, they're going to die in a year. And this, this is reality. When you, when you internalize that message, you, you will not be able to pick up a hamburger and eat it. It would just, it won't taste good. So, so what's interesting to me is that perception is the most malleable human function and it's easily changed by what's in your mindset. So mindset is everything. So another of the processes that I that I like to use is called AMBR. The first A is attention, and attention is a limited resource. So I like to tell people, or to myself, I do. So I think of my attention in the same way I think about money. I spend my money wisely on things that are important. I spend my attention on things that are important. I limit the amount of political news that I watch. It's not useful. I I I, I watch movies. To, for entertainment, 
but I'm more inclined to watch a U- attention to a YouTube video and learn something. The next one is mindset, and mindset is is the platform for everything. And mindset again, this this process of of analysis. Analysis means simplify. So the the 4D system takes takes mindset and puts it into two parts that you can manage. The first is the emotions that you experience and express, and the other part is the thought that powers those. So it pays a, so, so now you bring your attention to, to, to your state of being. This sounds a little woo-woo. This is real practical stuff. You bring your attention to your state of being. How do you feel? If you feel lousy, you're probably in a drama state. Victim or blamer are most common. The way you resolve that is ask, what is the thought you're running, the storyline you're running that's causing that? You can shift your thought, and that will then shift your emotional state. So manage your mindset, and that sets up your behavior comes naturally. I hope this makes sense. Charlie, so much of what you're saying just makes me think of uh, some of the contemporary cognitive and social neuroscience, which is a relatively new discipline, but it's just uh, quite amazing to me how well that aligns with, um, with, with some of these principles. And the other thing which, which also comes to mind from your book is the idea that there's um, almost a sequence in which some of these behaviors can, can be applied. And, and I think you use some of the presidential addresses and, yeah, and, and yeah. speeches as examples of those. Just tell us a bit. A bit about that. So um, I call this making a 4D request. And uh, and, and by the way, everything I'm, I'm describing is, is because it works for me. And so what I tell people is experiment with it. I think it'll work for you. But I've done this over and over and over. So just to give an example um, of how, how I would use this, uh, I... Um, I had, a, I had an occasion where I'd booked a trip to Egypt on a ship. It's not that long ago. And uh, I invited my brother to come as my guest when my wife and her sister are coming and so forth. And uh, I, I went, I told him, you know, if you're not going to go, tell me now because there's no refund on this thing. Oh, I'm going for sure. So I go to China for a month, come back, and his wife says he's not going. Uh, now what am I going to do? So I call up the uh, the, the the company and said, uh, you know, I, we got to change this out somehow, fix this. And she said, your whole trip's been canceled. And I said, who canceled it? And they said, uh, you did. And I said, what was the address, email address? It's my brother's email address. And I said, well, reinstate it. She said, we can't. There's no room on the ship. So I've got my wife's sister flying in from Tokyo to go go with us to Egypt. All these plans made. So I got that the late the lady who uh, told me this. I said the magic word escalate. So, so so I got to the next level and told her what had happened that my brother had done this and blah blah blah. And so uh, she said, "Well, I don't know what we can do, but let me mull it over." And I had her email address. So I, I wrote her a letter and I said, "You know, I really appreciate the the, the dilemma you're in. I'm asking you to break a rule." And, and I, I get that. And you need to know that um, I appreciate your company and, and what you do. And I really want to take this trip with you. So what I've done now is I've, and I've mentally checked off her first need, the need to feel valued. And very much to thank her for helping me with this bar. Next is inclusion. I would like to work with you to find something that is compliant with what your company can and is able to do and can meet my needs 
And so uh, th th that sets up that she feels like we're together on this. Now we now we put out an, an appealing vision. You know, the economy is pretty good right now, but I don't know where it's going. And if you can take care of this, we are, we, we are very frequent travelers. And I'll make this up with a whole bunch of follow-on trips with, with your company if, if this is something you can take care of for me. Check the, the optimistic outcome. Then down, finally, you make a request. And what's interesting is people want to, re to do, want to respond to your request. And the reason is reciprocity is assumed. So I used to call this the, uh, the, the, the reciprocity force. I had a professional psychologist in one of my workshops. She said, Charlie, no, it's a law, the law of reciprocity. What people think is when they grant you a favor, you're going to be in their debt and you're going to pay it back. So I said, could you please fix this? Two weeks later, she substituted my son in for my brother. The trip is back on. Everything's back to normal. That's the Fantastic process. So why do it this way? Because <laughs> if you're in a place, this particular case had not deteriorated into conflict, but it could have. If you're if you're in any, any difficulty, authentic appreciation is will never be a problem. So, but so, so then, what what about the fact that you're mad at somebody? Somebody has done something already to disservice you, and you're angry at them. The, the lesson I took from those presidential speeches, I watched Bill Clinton talk to the Republican Congress when they're impeaching him. And the lesson I got from that was you cannot appreciate those people. You're mad at them, but you can appreciate the situation. So what he said was, I really appreciate our efforts to work together, inclusion piece, to try and resolve the issue with Social Security funding, something that was not not political. And so the appreciation first, inclusion if it's unmet, you're going to create anger, hope, people need hope, and then finally the action, make the request.